Listen, I, I, I don't understand why the media is so upset about all of this. Uh, Herschel Walker has these unexpected kids. The story here is not that Herschel Walker has a bunch of, of uh, kids no one knew about. It's that he's been building a clone army of voters to win this election, and they finally caught on to his plan. I don't think if you just – welcome, it's Eric Erickson here. It's the Eric Erickson Show. The phone number is 877-973-7425. It came out Herschel Walker, the Georgia Senate candidate for the GOP, had a, a child, a secret child. He's been lecturing dads in the black community about not abandoning their kids. He apparently has a kid. Uh, now, uh, apparently there's one or two more kids that he has that no one knew about. Um, it, it, it sounds like he's been taking care of them, um, but yet the media is trying to go after the hypocrisy stuff here. I don't think it matters. What matters is the Dow is right now down 665 points, NASDAQ down 420 points, and the S&P 500 down 112 points. Um, good luck. Uh, good luck to the Democrats on that front. Now, I have something else that I need to talk about with you instead. We'll get into all of that. But I actually think this is the most important story of the day. You know, I I don't actually like to do the I told you so moments here, but I told you so. Months ago, I told you guys that while everyone on the left and in the press was obsessed with right-wing violence, left-wing terrorists were beginning to rear their head. There is an organization called Jane's Revenge. It is not getting national media attention. Jane's Revenge has organized the firebombings of pregnancy centers around the country. Now, here's what you need to understand. Uh, because the media doesn't cover the issue accurately because like guns, they don't understand it because they're in a bubble. There are pregnancy centers around the United States that do not perform abortions, and it infuriates the left that one of the options these centers do not provide is killing the child. Instead, what these pregnancy centers do is they help the mother who has decided to not have an abortion. They provide her with prenatal screenings. They provide her with vitamins. They provide her with necessary uh, ultrasounds. They provide her with medicine. When the child is born, they provide the mother with parenting skills. Even before the child is born, they start that. Uh, And then they provide diapers. They provide cribs. They provide rocking chairs. They provide, uh, and by the way, not the woman doesn't have to come there for the crib. They give the women cribs. And diapers, rocking chairs to take home and use and keep. They walk with the pregnant mom. They provide the safety net for the pregnant mother. There is this idea that the left has perpetuated, that the media has embraced, that pro-lifers only care about the unborn baby, and once the baby is born, they no longer care. That's not true. And it's why these pregnancy centers don't get covered by the media, because it would expose the lie. I have uh, helped a number of them raise money over the years. I've spoken at events for them. Uh, I, I do it without charge to them. I have done a number of events for them. Uh, in Georgia and outside of Georgia, in the Atlanta area and outside of the Atlanta area, uh, being keynote speakers, making phone calls for them, lending my voice to help them 
lending my my uh, name for them to fundraise. And they come under regular and sustained harassment by the left. Uh, in fact, a couple of years ago, there was a left-wing political group that had a big conference in Atlanta, and they decided to show up and protest at some of these pregnancy centers for not performing abortion and for not directing the women to get abortions. It was kind of bizarre hatred towards a center that is actually helping mothers who want to keep their children keep their children. And again, the media doesn't cover these places. Many of them are tied to church organizations, not all of them, but most of them have Christian backing and you just don't hear about it in the media. And they are now undergoing attacks from a terrorist group called Jane's Revenge. Let me read you the statement released yesterday from Jane's Revenge. You have seen that we are real and that we are not merely pushing empty words. As we said, we are not one group, but many. You have seen us in Madison, Wisconsin, Fort Collins, Colorado, Risertown, Massachusetts, Olympia, Washington, Des Moines, Iowa, Linwood, Washington, Washington, D.C., Asheville, North Carolina, Buffalo, New York, Hollywood, Florida, Vancouver, Washington, Frederick, Maryland, Denton, Texas, Gresham, Oregon, Eugene, Oregon, Portland, Oregon, among others, and we work in countless locations invisibly. You've read the communiques from the various cells. You've seen the proliferating messages in graffiti and elsewhere, and you know that we are serious. We were unsurprised to see 30 days come and 30 days pass with no sign of consilience or even bare minimum self-reflection from you who impersonate healthcare providers in order to harm the vulnerable. History may not repeat itself, but it certainly rhymes, and we've already seen such stanzas where medical autonomy is stripped away, humanity is increasingly criminalized, and merely surviving becomes largely untenable. Sounds rather unhinged, does it not? Your 30 days expired yesterday. We offered an honorable way out. You could have walked away. Now the leash is off, and we will make it as hard as possible for your campaign of oppression to continue. We have demonstrated in the past month how easy and fun it is to attack. We are versatile, we are mercurial, and we answer to no one but ourselves. We promised to take increasingly drastic measures against oppressive infrastructures. Rest assured that we will, and those measures may not come in the form of something so easily cleaned up as fire and graffiti. Sometimes you will see what we do, and you will know that it is us. Sometimes you will think you merely are unlucky because you cannot see the ways which we interfere in your affairs. But your pointless attempts to control others and make life more difficult will not be met passively. Eventually, your insurance companies and your financial backers will realize you are a bad investment. From here forward, any anti-choice group who closes their doors and stops operating will no longer be a target. But until you do, it's open season and we know where your operations are. The infrastructure of the enslavers will not survive. You will, we will never stop, back down, slow down, or retreat. We did not want this, but it is upon us, and so we must deal with it proportionally. We exist in confluence and solidarity with others in the struggle for complete liberation. Our recourse now is to defend ourselves and to build robust, caring communities of mutual aid so that we may heal ourselves without the need of the medical industry or any other intermediary. Through attacking, we find joy, courage, and strip the veneer of impenetrability held by these violent institutions. 
And for the allies of ours who doubt the authenticity of the communiques in action, there is a way you can get irrefutable proof that these actions are real. Go do one of your own. You are already one of us. Everyone with the urge to paint, to burn, to cut, to jam, now is the time. Go forth and manifest the things you wish to see. Stay safe and practice your cursive, Jane's Revenge. If that sounds unhinged, it is a crazy person wrote this, and probably a crazy person, not persons, and probably someone taking credit for other people's actions, and probably a that person is tied to a handful of other uh, trolls on the internet, but clearly unhinged, and this administration is doing nothing. Remember, it was Nicole Hannah-Jones who said destroying property which can be replaced is not violence. The left has embraced that idea that destroying property which can be replaced is not violence, and so they're okay burning these facilities down. They're okay vandalizing. And uh, curiously enough, they believe that these are centers of oppression because they're giving pregnant moms free diapers, free ultrasounds, free pregnancy neonatal vitamins, uh, free medicines, free cribs, free everything, and yet they're centers of oppression. The problem here is, as I've mentioned before, um, while the media and the left, while the Democrats, while Merrick Garland and Joe Biden focus on right-wing violence, there's actually a greater history of left-wing violence in this country. During the summer of 1970, there were 20 bombings a week in California. In 1971, the Weather Underground bombed the U.S. Capitol. Think about that. They're obsessed about what January Sixers did. Uh, the Weather Underground actually bombed the U.S. Capitol. In 1972, the Weather Underground bombed the Pentagon. In 1975, the Weather Underground bombed the State Department. Its members plotted the assassination of a California state senator in 1978. And that's only one. There were others, too. The Earth Liberation Front has engaged in multiple terrorist attacks in the country. They've burned down research facilities. They've destroyed property. They've engaged in other violence. In 2001, a federal report noted, quote, leftist extremists were responsible for three-fourths of the official, officially designated acts of terrorism in America in the 1980s. They tend to be younger and better educated than right-wing extremists, and they tend to live in urban areas, thereby making high-population centers more target-rich. And they have internalized a very biased worldview on the left. And they have internalized a bunch of talking points wherein this group, Jane's Revenge, can actually claim that by repealing Roe v. Wade or overruling it at the Supreme Court, humanity is being criminalized. And they can claim that these pro-life pregnancy centers that give away free diapers and free ultrasounds and free neonatal care to women are somehow enslaving women. They can claim these things, and the media is not giving them any attention. The media is not covering this. The media uh, is barely mentioning any of this. Only on the right, only on Fox News is this getting coverage. This is the sort of intimidation the Ku Klux Klan did during Reconstruction.
firebombings, lynchings, vandalism. This is what the ELF has done, the Earth Liberation Front. This is what the Weather Underground has done. This is what um, the the Black Panthers have done. This is what left-wing agitators do. And the media wants you to believe January 6th is all that matters. The media wants you to believe the rise of right-wing white supremacy terrorists are what matters here. They're not keeping their eye on the ball. They want you to believe it's all one, and in so doing, they ignore the other. The fact of the matter is both sides have extremists. But the left actually has a longer history in this country of enabling and emboldening its extremists. You had the uh, the Puerto Rican terrorist group shoot up the House of Representatives years ago, about 40 years ago. In fact, one of the organizers of that uh, group, Barack Obama, pardoned. This is just American history, the history we don't talk about. It is overwhelmingly a violent history on the left, and they're getting violent again. I told you this was going to happen. First, it's the abortionists, and it's going to be the climate changers, too. They've already engaged in a series of terror attacks on railways uh, hauling oil. It's going to get worse, and it's going to get worse in large part because the Democrats won't hold their own side accountable. The Democrats won't make eye contact with it. The Democrats won't talk about it. The Democrats won't say anything about it. They won't prosecute it. The FBI is not investigating this. Merrick Garland is saying nothing. The White House is saying nothing. You had an attempted assassination on Brett Kavanaugh two weeks ago, or last week, rather. And the President of the United States has not spoken publicly about it to condemn it. Merrick Garland has not spoken publicly about it to condemn it. And now you have a series of arson attacks on pregnancy centers around the country. And again, neither the president nor his attorney general nor any major Democrat in Washington has talked about it. To the extent anyone has, they're taking the position of you get what you deserve, which is just going to embolden this, make them more radical. And you know what's going to happen at some point? Some pro-lifer is going to have to defend his own life. And when the bad guy abortion activist who's trying to kill the pro-lifer dies in the process, the media will vilify the pro-lifer is clearly not pro-life by killing someone who is going to kill him. Of course, that's the way this is going to wind up. The media will turn it on the pro-lifers when, in fact, there is an organized terrorist organization running around this country right now, blowing up buildings and vandalizing places that are trying to help pregnant women. And the media, CBS, ABC, NBC, MSNBC, CNN, and the President of the United States and the Democrats in Congress are completely ignoring the story. you got to ask yourself, why is that? There are a lot of options out there. If you're a self-starter and you want to invest on your own, it can be really confusing. And I'm delighted to tell you about SoFi because that's who I use. And now I've got them as an advertiser. If you're a SoFi user, uh, my gosh, you get all sorts of options, great research. You get the ability to invest in stocks, EFTs, crypto, plan out your retirement. Uh, more importantly, you got people you can call on. I mean, for example, um, I can use SoFi to buy stocks and EFTs and do the deep dive research if I need to and get complimentary financial planners ready to help answer questions. Uh, you can too, whether you're stuck on where to start or need help deciding what to do next. You can even save for retirement with traditional Roth and SEP IRAs. They have so many options. If you're into crypto, you can also explore crypto. They've got 30 available coins, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, Solana, Dogecoin, and so much more. 
But more importantly, they've got the number one ranked automated investment tool, their robo-advisor. It takes the stress out of building and managing a diversified portfolio without having to pay a bunch of experts to do it. I really like SoFi. Y'all, I've tried, you name it, and I probably tried it. And I settled on SoFi and think you will like it as well. Cut through the jargon, make investing easier with SoFi. Visit SoFi.com slash Eric to learn how you can win up to $1,000 in stock when you open an account. That's SOFI.com slash Eric. Brokerage and active investing products offered through SoFi Securities LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. Now, listen, I want to take your phone calls, but you got to bear with me because I got some stuff I got to get through here in this segment. First of all, I got to make sure you subscribe to my email. In fact, later today, I'm going to send out my opening monologue uh, with all the data on the history of left-wing violence in this country. I want you to read it, please, uh, and watch the video and share it with your friends. Text the word SHOW to 33777. And the very last link will be to that daily email you want to subscribe. You can also, with that link, by texting show to 33777, get the podcast, the 24-7 live stream. There are a couple of uh, events in Georgia, and I got a, I got an obligation. Most of my listeners are in Georgia, and I, I feel like I got an obligation to update them. One, you need to know Brian Kemp, the governor of Georgia, has endorsed Mike Collins in the 10th Congressional District. I am, too. Um, Mike was not my first pick, but he's a solid pick. He's running against a Democrat, a pro-abortion Democrat who opposes school choice, who conveniently became a Republican last year and rejected every long-held position he's ever had to try to get the vote. Um, absolutely uh, vote for Mike Collins in the 10th Congressional District. You're crazy if you don't vote for Mike Collins. Uh, you are instead choosing a pro-abortion, anti-school choice Democrat who only became a Republican last year or so, um, who has a history, and the history is all bad. Uh, next, uh, I've got to tell you, I like both of the guys running in the 6th Congressional District in Georgia. Uh, but uh, one of them, my friend Rich McCormick, I've known him for years, and I realize he is getting terribly savaged everywhere. I believe even on my flagship station, there, there are uh, ads I've been told during my show attacking him. I've got to tell you, they're not true. You know, everybody does what they have to do to try to get elected, and they say the things they have to say. They attack their opponent. Uh, they take stuff out of context. That's what's happening with Rich. Rich is a lifelong conservative. He is an ER doctor, Steve Scalise. The ranking, second highest ranking Republican in the House of Representatives in Washington is endorsing Rich McCormick today. Uh, he says that uh, when he was shot by the terror, left-wing terrorists, he depended on ER doctors to save his life. And we need a, an ER doctor in, in Washington to help try to save the country. And he's supporting Rich McCormick. It was, a, it was a great endorsement. Rich is also endorsed by the Forsyth County Sheriff, Ron Freeman. I, listen, all I'm going to say is I, I, I stake my reputation on this. Rich McCormick will do you proud. Rich McCormick will make you proud in Washington. The runoff in Georgia is next week, and you need to support Rich McCormick in the 6th Congressional District. Look, his opponent's an absolutely fine person. I have no bad words to say against him. I just happen to know Rich very well. I've known him for a very long time. I know his wife. I know his family. I know his heart. I know Rich. 
and he's the sort of guy we need in Washington, D.C. Uh, a face for a Republican Party that is intrinsically conservative, has built inroads into the uh, black community, uh, and the, the ethnic minority communities of, of North Metro Atlanta, while not giving up his conservative convictions, uh, sharing the gospel, sharing conservative convictions. He's just a good guy. And also, Sherry Gilligan is a dear friend of mine. The All of the bad people that you hate... If you're a listener of mine in North Georgia, all the bad people you hate have piled against her and forced her into a runoff yet again. You need to vote for Sherry Gilligan. Uh, She stands up to her own side. That's what makes her unique in Atlanta. She stands up to her own side. She's a conservative. She's got convictions, and they don't like that she's got a conservative with convictions, which is why you need to like her and support Sherry Gilligan for the state legislature. I'm going to see about getting Sherry Gilligan on this program so we can talk about this every every two years. Uh, so for those of you outside of Georgia, there's a, a lady in the Georgia state legislature. Her name is Sherry Gilligan. And I didn't actually support her the first time she ran. And uh, it, it's, it's a great regret of mine that I did not. Uh, she's the conservative that you want because she's the one who's willing to point out to you that you're going wobbly. Uh, and she's the one who kind of gets the conservatives to make sure they're actually being conservative. So the leadership in the state legislature can't stand her. And every two years, they get a bunch of lobbyists together to throw money at, at a sacrificial lamb to run against her. And they keep giving her a run for her money, and they put her in a runoff this time. She's the sort of candidate that you want in office because she's the sort of candidate who will be the conservative in the room who's willing to stand up to her own side and say, this is not right. I need to get her on the program to talk about this. She she never has an easy election. They fight her every time, and every time she wins, and this one, they're pouring, I mean, they're throwing everything but the kitchen sink at her. Sherry Gilligan, remember that name. If you live in Forsyth County, Georgia, she's on your ballot in the runoff on Tuesday. You can go vote for her today and for Rich McCormick up there. Now, nonetheless, I, I got to move on. I want to get her on the show. I want to get her on. Um, all right, I want to go to the phones before I move on to anything else. Ron, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for taking my call, Eric. Um, sure. Just a just a question. I was talking to your screener, and, and one thing that came up in our conversation was the com- the a comment basically about a political issue. Talks about this uh, abortion yeah. topic is. Can yeah, you hear okay. me? Can, yeah. Can you re-say that you went through a cell and and you got all garbly for a minute? Sorry, I'm out driving to an appointment. I apologize. Yeah. Um, Tying in mostly just the background, my family, I have an adult child, and I'm going to be generic, but she works at a, who works at a, uh, one of these clinics, and then my in-laws actually volunteer and staff at a different clinic, and then we give, my wife actually volunteers, so our family is very familiar with the, what these clinics do and what they provide, and I guess the thing that's kind of telling to me that I like your commentary on because your screener made a comment about, I made a comment about the church I go to, which has been actively involved with these clinics, really has gotten to the point where the only thing we ever hear about this topic is on Sanctity of Life Sunday. And in fact, when this ruling came out, the, the thing was leaked that this decision might come out. I took an informal poll at work from some other faith people. I'm, I, don't, I work in a secular environment. But the majority, overwhelming majority of these folks said their churches had been silent on the topic about Roe versus Wade possibly being overturned. And I, I guess I don't understand. I, we read the James Revenge stuff previously, and, and then it hit the news. 
but and I know there are security and safety things that are being reviewed, protocols being reviewed at these places because of the possibility of violence. But typically, on the faith side, except for extremists in the past who have acted violently, we can't deny that. On the faith side, I'm just curious why churches, it seems, are now quiet on this issue um, in the midst of this, from my experience, from what I'm hearing from people that are in in conservative churches. I don't get that, I, and I don't know if that's something that you've seen or not seen, or yeah, I, because I it's have. not a political issue; it's a moral issue, right? Yeah, I, it's not I a have. political issue. And you know, I'm I'm glad you raised I'm glad you raised this, Ron, because I I got to tell you, and, and Ron, I'm going to let you go there and just let you listen because I actually got thoughts on this. wasn't going to talk about this, but Ron has provoked me to talk about this, and so I will. Two days ago in Anaheim, California. The Southern Baptist Convention, they're the largest Protestant denomination in the country. They elected a guy named Bart Barber, pastor of a rural church in Texas, to be the president of the Southern Baptist Convention. If you listen to some of the conservative activists inside the Southern Baptist Convention, his election means they're going wobbly, they're going to the left. And the reason is because Bart Barber was up against a guy who I don't know him well, but know him, respect him, have a lot of common friends named Tom Askell. And while Bart Barber was at the Southern Baptist Convention, glad handing with the people who were there to vote, Tom Askell, his opponent, was going on uh, a bunch of Trump-oriented conservative TV and radio programs, making it political. Uh, Bart Barber, you need to know, is not a liberal. He is a, a dyed-in-the-wool conservative. He is a conservative evangelical, believes the Bible is the inerrant, uh, infallible word of God. Uh, he believes in, in biblical sexuality, biblical ethics, and yet, because he wasn't the guy the conservatives wanted, oh my gosh, we're going wobbly, it's a sign we're going, no, it's a sign that people are tired of your shtick. This is the problem that we have right now within Christendom, and I try to explain to conservative friends of mine and that they're doing themselves more harm than good. Let me give you another example from the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, Vaudi Bauckham, you should know who Vaudi Bauckham is. He wrote one of the best books on critical theory and wokeness uh, that we've got out there right now. He's a, a brilliant theologian. He is the president, I think, is the African Bible College uh, and Vaughty Balkum was up for nomination to be the head of the Southern Baptist Convention Pastors Conference against a guy named Daniel Dickard. I don't know Daniel Dickard. I have a lot of friends who know Daniel Dickard, some of whom went to seminary with them. They say this is the guy who has always been a conservative. He is a um, Bible-believing, inerrancy of God, uh, is not afraid to preach on uh, the, the biblical sexuality and biblical sexual ethic. He's not afraid to stand up and say the unpopular things that make people mad when it comes to defending the Bible and Scripture. But he beat Vaudi Bauckham because Daniel Dickert is actually a pastor in the Southern Baptist Convention. And the nomination was for the head of the pastor's conference. And Vaudi Balkum's not a pastor in the SBC. And he barely lost anyway. And people screamed, oh my gosh, this means we're going woke. Or no, if you know Daniel Dickert at all, and again, I don't, but a lot of my friends do. They're like, there's no way you can call this guy a liberal. It's just he beat the guy these conservative activists wanted. And so this is the problem. And I really want my conservative friends in the church to understand this. 
uh, I have concluded you are doing our side more harm than good because you scream about everything. There is such thing as Christian liberty where you and I can disagree outside of some tenets in the Bible and you scream bloody murder about everything. And when everything becomes a nail to your hammer, the people who do need you to point out the, the heterodoxy within the church and the wokeness within the church, you've lost all credibility. You, you've lost all credibility. And the result now you need to understand is that there are a lot of churches that won't engage on these issues at all because of you guys. It's not because these churches are liberal. It's that because you have made everything so political and politicized so much and woven conservative partisanship of American politics inside the church that these pastors in these churches, they don't want to talk about these issues anymore because they're immediately perceived as being one of you. And they're with you on the issue. I'm with you on the issue. But when you're trying to tie the church to the Republican Party, there are a lot of pastors who say the church is bigger than the Republican Party. You know, there are a lot of independents out there. There are a lot of people who hate both parties. There are a lot of good Christians out there who are not Republicans. There may not be Democrats. They're certainly not Republicans. And so you have churches, they don't want to talk about abortion because that's all you want to talk about. They want to talk about uh, critical theory and its compatibility with Scripture because it's what you yell about all the time. And so they're pushing back against you. We should be honest and, and reflect that the reason you are doing what you are doing is because there are people who have moved into the church who do want to hijack the agenda of the church, who push the views of people like that Christine Dumez person um, who, who hates the church. She claims she loves it, but if you ever pay attention to what she writes, she doesn't. And lots of other people like her. But because you haven't found a way to nuance the hills on which you're willing to die and you want to die on every hill, they're letting you die. They're not even going to climb the hill with you. This is part of the problem in politics as well, is in politics, I've learned this over time because I was that guy. Every hill is a hill to die on. And when every hill is a hill to die on, you know what happens? You die. When every hill is a hill to die on, there is no fighting tomorrow because you're dead today. You have to pick your fights. You have to pick your battles. And when you're fighting everywhere, you become emotionally exhausting to all of the people around you. And this is my problem with, like, for example, the Conservative Baptist Network. I know a number of those guys, and I agree with them probably over 90% of the stuff, but they're emotionally exhausting to deal with. There is no grace. It's it's their way or the highway. Everything is a fight. Everything is a sign of wokeness. Everything is a sign the church is going wobbly. When good conservatives get picked who aren't their guy, oh my gosh, it, it's game over. Uh, the church is being held hijacked by the, the being taken over by the lips. You know, one of the ironies here is Tom Askell, who ran as the conservative Baptist network guy in the Southern Baptist Convention, was endorsed by Mike Huckabee. Do you know that when the Southern Baptist Convention had its fight over whether or not the Bible was the inerrant word of God, Mike Huckabee was the Republican Baptist minister who fought against the inerrancy of the Bible? Yes, that's history. 
You can look it up yourself. Mike Huckabee was the guy who tried to stop the Southern Baptist Convention from embracing the idea that the Bible was the inerrant word of God. True story. And now he's endorsing the conservative Baptist Network guy because they've tied Republican conservative evangelical politics into the church. And there are a lot of Christians who want to go to church on Sunday, worship the living God, and not have to think about this mess that is American politics because the church transcends American politics. The church transcends America. The church church is not about America. The church is about the eternal kingdom of God. So when you hear these churches that are silent on these issues about abortion or about critical race theory, some of them don't want to do it because the other side has made it political. Some of them don't want to engage in it because they see the way conservatives are behaving, reacting, responding, and, and, and talking about the issues, and they don't want to lay down with the pigs. They don't want to lay down with the dogs. They don't want to lay down and get dirty. They just want to preach the risen Lord. And if preaching the risen Lord is not enough for you in a church, well, that's you. That's on you. And that's a problem. I mean, I was kind of appalled to see really good conservative biblical inerrantists get elected. And the guy who led the charge against biblical inerrancy was supporting the guy who claimed to be the conservative who, by the way, is a conservative. And when they didn't, when when the super conservatives, hyper conservatives, the ultra conservatives, whatever you call them these days, didn't get their way, they screamed that it was all about going woke. No, it's people are tired of your BS. Calm down. Pick the hills to die on instead of dying on every hill. And then maybe people will start listening to you again. Now, let me go to the phones here. Timothy, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Yeah, hey, Eric. Um, Thank you for taking my call. Um, I w- went to a seminary actually with uh, Daniel Dickard. I heard you mention him a few minutes ago and um, cannot speak more highly uh, in favor of him. Um, he was actually the dean of students while I was out uh, in seminary, and we took a trip down to Houston and played basketball with uh, some prisoners, and we played for about eight hours straight. And Daniel uh, preached that night inside the prison, and uh, it was just phenomenal. So any any calls that says the SBC is going woke because of him now being the uh, pastor's conference uh, president, I just think is just crazy. Yeah, look, one, I appreciate the phone call very much. Thanks for listening. And, and two, you're right. It's so frustrating to see people, some of whom, full disclosure, good friends of mine, lose their minds about it. I'm like, uh, people, come on now. This guy is is not a liberal. Just because your guy lost doesn't mean the SBC is going to the left. There are problems, but not the problems you think. And I just, again, and this transcends the SBC. That, that, that's the big news this week. It is the largest Protestant denomination in the country. But the big issue is that uh, more and more conservatives who are entrenched in the culture war on a daily basis have lost the ability to pick their fights. And when you lose the ability to pick your fight and you fight on every single hill and every single hill is a hill to die on, a lot of people start tuning you out because nobody has time to die on every hill. They kind of want to live for tomorrow's fight. Some of you just want to take care of your 401k right now. The I, I don't even want to give you the market numbers right now. Y'all, it's not good for your mental health to look at the stock market today or your 401k. It's just not good. If you got $50,000 or more in your IRA, your 401k or other retirement savings, your money could be at risk and you don't have a lot of options. You might want to consider gold and silver. 
I've never really recommended gold and silver, but then we haven't been in Jimmy Carter's economy until now. So I went out and looked for a gold company that I felt comfortable work doing business with, and Gold Co. kept coming up. And so I want you to reach out to them, 855-904-5933. If nothing else, you'll get a free wealth protection kit from them to learn how to use gold and silver to protect and grow your retirement. Uh, grow your money. Thousands of retirees are protecting their retirement savings. Many are getting $10,000 or more in free silver for doing it. Call Gold Co. Find out how you qualify for their special offer. Gold Co. has helped thousands of Americans protect their retirement against inflation, stock market crashes. They might be able to help you. Just talk to them. Tell them I sent you. Now, listen, instead of me giving you the 800 number again and you can't write it down because you're driving, just remember this. Text ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777. Text ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777. I will text you back Gold Coast toll-free number. You don't have to enter in an email exchange with them. Just call them. They've got people ready to talk to you about your retirement. You can get the free wealth protection kit from them. Text ERIC to 33777. Hello there. It's Eric Erickson. The phone number is 877-973-7425 if you want to be on the program. And I am, man, I, I got off on Ron's phone call on a riff uh, uh, about picking your battles. And now I'm behind on all the stuff I wanted to talk about. But that's okay. Uh, have you all heard about the news at CNN? I know some of you get annoyed with me because you tell me that I talk about CNN. But I feel like I should be encouraging them. And uh, one of the great things that has annoyed me, in the last year, news networks grabbed hold of, embraced, and used the Democratic talking point about the big lie. It infuriates me that they talk about it as the big lie because the big lie has a very particular historic context. It is what the Nazis did. The big lie is in reference to the Nazis and the Jews. And when you say Trump or Republicans embrace the big lie, you're directly tying them to the Nazi party of Germany. And that's not an exaggeration. And it is by design. It is intentional, whether you know it or not. And if you are a partisan Democrat these days and you hate Donald Trump and the Republicans, you don't have a problem doing that and you will gladly defend it. You will defend calling your fellow Americans, 75 million or so who voted for Donald Trump, Nazis because you hate Donald Trump and you're that broken by partisanship. It has taken over CNN. At CNN, most of the news anchors talk about the big lie. At CNN, those news anchors are comparing Republicans to Nazis, and they know it. And Chris Lick, the new uh, president at CNN, has told him to cut it out. And I'm glad he has. Because not only have they actually embraced a Democratic talking point showing how woven the Democrats are into the media bubble, but they're also disparaging about half the country as Nazis. And I am glad he's doing this. It looks like he's about to start pushing out some of the very broken partisans at the network. Uh, and I think it's good that we might finally get a news network in this country that really is focused on delivering us the news of the day. We're not always going to be happy, and there will be plenty of times to criticize, but I definitely think if you're getting rid of these Democratic talking points from the anchors and getting rid of the partisans who can't grow up and out of it, that's a good sign for that network, and I'm encouraged by what he's doing.